All right, so in this episode, I'm going to be talking about why I hate Trump's immigrant and refugee bashing so much, but also why I I think he lies so much. Obviously, he does that with practically every other sentence out of his mouth. Um, Generally speaking, it's okay for someone to have an opinion. What is not okay is a former president who can spew out such hatred and disrespect about refugees and immigrants toward the American people. I don't care about the color of the man's skin or how he lived his life before becoming our president. Although that stuff, you know, you can pick it apart and make fun of it. You know, he's got the orange glow of a pumpkin um, for whatever reason he thinks that's a good look. I suppose I've, I've seen him with the... Uh, the paleness uh, compared to the orangeness. And I can kind of see why he prefers to have that bronzer on his face and all that. But at the same time, you know, it it definitely does not really uh, make him look particularly good. Um, But anyway, putting that aside, what I care about more is the fact that he is allowed to think and speak these thoughts publicly without much pushback to make him back down. You know, we're talking about many people from foreign countries who are not here to create havoc and terrorize our communities, but Trump just lies and lies and lies. As I've noted on this podcast before, plenty of times in the past, the vast majority of immigrants are not violent. In fact, Statistically, they are less likely to engage in violence. And as I've also said, there are even some very basic logical reasons why that might be true. Because, you know, if you're if you're here with an undocumented status, you're more likely to keep a low profile. And what do you know? One of the ways to keep a low profile is to stay out of trouble with the law. So... There you go. That's a little bit of common sense that's apparently lacking in a lot of circles these days. Uh, Anyway, I'm titling this episode Unmasking Orange Deception, the Trump Chronicles. And, you know, a a lot about him reminds me of this classic George Costanza quote from Seinfeld. Remember the episode where he says, you know, uh, it's not a lie if you believe it. He tells that to Jerry. Great George Costanza moment, but it's also really something that relates to the Donald Trump philosophy and, and frankly, the philosophy of a lot of different politicians and power seekers. It's as if, you know, they believe their own lies and rhetoric in order to better sell their messages to the American people or to the world, you know, whichever country we're talking about at a given time. You know, they play fast and loose with the truth. Um, Going back specifically to Trump, uh, for example, we know he likely did uh, dismiss and criticize and say uh, offensive things about veterans. And how how do we know that? How do we know that's not necessarily a media lie or or some false narrative. Well, because he was so quick to publicly criticize John McCain 
for being a POW in Vietnam. Remember that? Well, a lot of people apparently don't remember that, but it happened. Obviously, had Trump been a Democrat criticizing John McCain for being a POW, it would have been prime for special attention by the Fox News types and would serve as proof of how anti-American the liberals and the Democrats and the leftists are because, you know, that's really the core of their messaging. They're so obsessed with it that they forget that policies are actually something that could be discussed. You know, um, and uh, because it's Trump who was disrespecting John McCain for being a POW, they don't really give a shit about it. You know, that's that's enabling the lies and deception. You know, because essentially what, what it is in that case is it's lying about John McCain. Now, I feel weird defending John McCain because it's not like I was a super fan of his or anything like that, but it's, it is essentially a lie if you're telling somebody that they're weak because they were merely captured in a war. You know, there, there are definitely scenarios where you, you have to surrender. You know, it's, a, it's the nature of warfare. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not always the case that you can fight your way out of a given situation. Sometimes, as far as I know, it can actually go against the rules to fight to the fight to the death. I think that sometimes you're actually under orders to uh, possibly surrender under certain scenarios because that might be better for the mission or something like that. You know, I could totally imagine that being the case. And you know, even though I'm not a pro-war type of person, my father was a Vietnam veteran. And uh, he wasn't a combat veteran, mind you, but he did witness uh, the Tet Offensive. At least that's what he told me once. And, uh, you know, so I, I can relate to this issue in a way in some personal ways because, you know, people I know have been in the military, including people in my family. So, you know, this kind of matters a little bit, um, even though I'm not really a pro-war type or what have you. You know, um, and and in fact, I'm I'm not really pro-military, but at the same time, you know, the the plot thickens when you when you know people who were involved in those scenarios, right? And in some cases, uh, obviously, with people like Trump, racism can get involved in these uh, lies and their double standards. You know, remember how they demanded Obama give proof of his identity. But they would never seriously demand the same thing of a white Republican or any, you know, like a, a white Republican and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, even, even though we know that Obama was probably born in the United States, just like we know that Donald Trump was probably born in the United States, the, the whole point was to have some racist messaging going on, you know, othering Obama. That's why they would refer to him sometimes by his middle name, you know, Barack Hussein Obama, they would emphasize that, even though having the name Hussein does not mean you're related to Saddam Hussein, it's actually a very common name in the, in the Middle East. So as another example, Trump is currently calling the black, the, uh, not the black, the black prosecutors in his cases racist. Now, why would he do that? It's kind of a strange thing, right? Well, 
Notice that he would never say that about Jack Smith, at least not yet. And there's a reason for that. Um, it's uh, because Jack Smith, even though he's a prominent prosecutor, and even though he's going after Trump, he happens to be noticeably more white in appearance. So Trump is intentionally giving messaging that uh, the black prosecutors are uniquely his enemies. You know, it's, it's right there on the surface. You definitely don't have to dig very deep to discover that. And because Trump is trying to convey racist messaging to his supporters, you know, that's why, that's why we sometimes say Trump says racist things. You know, it's not just to be mean to him. It's just a matter of fact. And of course, a lot of white supremacists are Trump's biggest supporters, as a matter of fact. You go on Twitter, or X as it's called, and look at a lot of the people there who are fans of his. A lot of them have these uh, clan-like messages. A lot of them are, you know, openly anti-Semitic. You know, you have people like Nick Fuentes, who is a, a prominent white nationalist, prominent Hitler lover. He's a Holocaust denier and all that kind of stuff. Well, of course, he actually had Thanksgiving week dinner with Donald Trump when he kicked off his campaign. Oh, and Nick Fuentes is, of course, a notorious liar himself. He says all kinds of things that are not true. And, you know, uh, it's, it's simply the case that a lot of the defenders of these people will just ignore a lot of that kind of stuff. They don't care if they're lying. They just agree with the messaging. It's, it's a crazy thing, but that's what's going on. Maybe they will say, you know, Trump was not using controversial language to criticize John McCain and the other POWs or whatever, you know. Um, but specifically, if we go back to what Trump said about John McCain, he said he's not a war hero. He was a hero be because he was captured, you know. Uh, he said that kind of like a sarcastic statement. And then he said, I like people who weren't captured, you know, and he, ironically, he said that at a family leadership summit in Ames, Iowa. So yeah, some family leadership. So I have to wonder, you know, what kind of nonsense is this, you know, when, when this can just go on like this. And uh, that's really the power of effective propaganda and just you know, having the uh, treatment of political parties as if they're sports teams or things that you're loyal to no matter what. So when Trump looks for help to combat media coverage that he considers negative, he calls on friends to represent him on radio stations, on TV or on social media. Of course, you got Fox News and Newsmax and stuff like that, you know, these right-wing garbage funnels. But at the same time, it, it all it also comes down to a lack of critical thinking, a lack of interest in researching for what the actual facts are. If a lot of people knew more about the Nick Fuentes connection, for example, Trump would probably lose at least a little bit more of his uh, standing in some people's eyes. But sometimes, oddly enough, when it comes to defending himself, 
we've seen some strange behavior in, in another sense. He, he, in the past, has made up personas to defend himself when talking to the media over the phone. And this is, this is some zany stuff, but it's actually true. There is a media spokesman, wink, wink, named John Miller, who you can find audio from in an interview with the Washington Post. But it's obvious that Miller is actually Trump. And he says things like, I'm sort of new here, and I'm somebody that he knows, and I think somebody that he trusts and likes. And even, I'm going to do this a little part-time, and then, yeah, go on with my life. You know, he's like sort of spontaneously crafting a life story for these people uh, that that he's inventing, even though it's himself. And uh, you can... You can definitely be entertained by some of these fake conversations, but they're they're also, like I said, strange. There's something creepy about it. Uh, but he did this with the press to defend himself using the name, like like I said, John Miller, but there was also John Barron. Of course, Trump would go on to name a future son Barron, further proving it was most certainly actually Trump pretending to be his own media spokesman or uh, to pretending to be a media spokesman who is not himself. That's what I meant to say there. But anyway, in the recording that I listened to, he actually even boasts that Madonna wanted to go out with him, but that he rejected her, of, of course, you know. That's some classic narcissist stuff, and it has Trump written all over it. And look, you know, I realize that nowadays people are making fun of Madonna because of her, her old age and the plastic surgeries that she's had and all that. But I mean, th think of it back then, back when uh, this interview took place, people considered Madonna to be one of the hottest women on the planet. And uh, that was definitely a reason why he would have boasted about her, his rejecting her. Right. It's just a classic narcissist kind of thing there was another female alias apparently named carolyn gallego who was used to defend trump in a letter to the washingtonian in which carolyn boasted quote i do not believe any man in america gets more calls from women wanting to see him meet him or go out with him the most beautiful women the most successful women all women love Donald Trump is is what the supposed Carolyn said. So I mean, just just disgustingly, pathetically narcissistic, and uh, really the the language would have been exactly the same way that Trump talks. So basically, this was Donald Trump playing a woman, sort of like him being in drag. So think about that for a second with all this anti drag queen hysteria. And, you know, all this, uh, oh, people are so weird if they, you know, have played games with their gender or whatever. Well, so has Donald Trump. So has Rudy Giuliani. And you can find other examples of right-wingers doing this, like Steven Crowder, of course. Um, but I guess if you're doing it to make fun of women or, or something like that, it's more acceptable in the right-wing mind. I don't really understand how that works. To me, it seems like it'd be more acceptable if you're sort of doing it in praise of women, but, you know, it's a misogynistic worldview. So 
of course they've got they've got to have the opposite of what is sensible um well anyway this all goes to show you how fundamentally dishonest hypocritical and just plain strange these people can get and honestly this level of dishonesty goes hand in hand with someone who insists that immigrants are causing all our problems or that tax reform is guaranteed to bring jobs to America, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, tax reform always means tax cuts and cuts in social programs, but not cuts in military spending, of course, because you, you never have to wonder where, the, where we're going to get the money for that. It's always when it comes to like welfare programs or Medicare or something like that. Uh, it's not unusual for politicians to lie. And it's not just something Republicans do. As I've mentioned on this very podcast, Joe Biden lied about his academic record, and he even engaged in plagiarism and other things. And, you know, of of course, you've got other Democrats who lie. I mean, uh, Bill Clinton famously said he didn't know what is is, what is means. So, I mean, if you don't know what the word is means, then you're uh, probably engaging in some form of deception or uh, playing with words in really one of the most profound ways imaginable. It can be helpful in trying to get the word out if you're lying, which is why politicians lie and lie and lie. They don't care about the ethics, or at least the vast majority of the time. They just want to get the uh, narrative out there. They'll see, you know, ethics and things like that as just uh, just a little inconvenience, like a fly to swat. And uh, they'll see lies as, you know, maybe just tiny little lies that serve the great picture, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a small sacrifice to make, you know, for the greater good. That's how they'll see it. And, of course, whatever benefits them is the greater good. So, for example, there might be a video of a politician falling uh, like down the stairs or something, but they might say, well, he stumbled, but he didn't fall. You know, the, the classic kind of, you know, argument. It's all just a little inconvenient. You know, it's more convenient to tell a little lie or to uh, frame things a certain way. But also, you know, I encourage you to read the full transcript and listen to Trump's audio phone call with the Georgia Secretary of State where he said, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. And flipping the state is a great testament to our country because, because you know, this is it's a testament that they can admit to a mistake or whatever you want to call it. Wow, what, what a great speaker trying to weasel his way out of his election loss and basically steal the election and claim that he won it. So there was no actual fraud of any significance found in Georgia. If there was, they would have actually brought it into the courtrooms and, and had it settled. Instead, what they did was they set it up so there were a bunch of frivolous lawsuits brought to the courts where um, they didn't have any standing. They, they did that intentionally, actually, to uh, set the narrative forward that you know, there was widespread fraud. They, they didn't need to actually prove it in court. They just wanted to get the message out there.
because the end game is they don't want to have elections anymore to have their way. They want an actual dictatorship and a theocratic, kleptocratic, corporate-sponsored dictatorship. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't want the states to decide anything. They want a dictator to decide something. So even though they talk a lot about states' rights, it's going to be all about the uh, Republican Party deciding what the rights are. You know, if you uh, if you happen to live in a blue state, well, you're going to get your rights uh, trampled upon in any case because it's uh, it's about the man at the top, the dictator. He wants to be able to fire all federal employees who are critical of him, and of course, he's going to surround himself by sycophants, and he's increasingly talking about violent retribution against those who are critical of him. So, you know, that, that'll include either Democrats or Republicans. And, uh, you know, of course, there, there was no fraud found in Georgia or in any other state by, by the Democrats or the Republicans or by China, George Soros, Hugo Chavez, or Satan himself. There was no fraud. But the point of that messaging, you know, the big lie, as it's been called, is to perpetrate fraud and to create a uh, top-down system in which both representative democracy and direct democracy no longer matter. So Donald Trump, Trump told Fox host Stuart Varney that climate change is a hoax as well. So of course, this all ties into the environment as well. So if you're a uh, person who cares about, you know, these natural disasters happening and all that kind of stuff will expect your concerns to be steamrolled, you know, to make way for the uh, burgeoning dictatorship that they want so much. And obviously, the bigger the charlatan, the more dictatorial the person is going to end up being because charlatans do not care about legitimacy you know, people who are um, brainwashed, essentially, they don't care about legitimacy, they don't care about facts, they just care about power. And so long as it's somebody else who is suffering and not them, they'll look the other way.